0: And welcome to the podcast where you will heal the relationship with yourself, unlearn the limiting beliefs that tell you it's better to blend in than stand out, and realize that you are more than enough. You are incredible. I am your host, Susan Padron, an intuitive personal stylist and award-winning author featured in InStyle and many publications accessible all over the world. I am a tattooed queer mom who is showing up to give you the gentle nudge or emotional hug, whichever you need, so that you can give yourself the permission to be you. This is the Susan Padrone podcast. So I have a confession to make. I was not cool in college. Shocking. I know I was a music education major. I was majoring in being the ultimate band geek so I could help recruit other future band geeks. But before my path to being a music major, I was studying psychology at Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts. And while my roommate and my friends were cool, normal college students who went out on Friday nights, I stayed in my room to watch the newest episode of what not to wear. And I usually did laundry. So yep, super, super cool kid. And you know, I really loved that show. But looking back on it now through the lens of a personal stylist, specifically a personal stylist who is all about supporting the individual rather than following the rules, what not to wear was problematic to say the least. If you never watched the show, What Not to Wear was a makeover show in the early 2000s where one person was nominated, you know, and someone in their life usually nominated them to receive a makeover. The hosts, Stacey and Clinton, would then ambush the nominee and tell them that they were nominated for the show. So, you know, starting out with a traumatic experience right away. And then the nominee brings all of their clothes to New York where the hosts go through and throw away just about everything they own while mocking their clothing choices. So, you know, if you're wondering Yes, I absolutely blame what not to wear for convincing all of my new clients that that's what I'm going to do, you know, throw away everything they own. And um, that's not how our closet edits work, I promise. So then they take the nominee shopping, they buy them about $5,000 worth of new clothes, completely change their hair, teach them how to do their makeup, and bam, three days later, brand new person ready to rejoin society looking very corporate and whitewashed. Their personality has left their style completely. So a few months ago, BuzzFeed published an article featuring some of the worst looks on what not to wear, focusing on the outfits chosen for the participants new style, not their old. So while some of the choices and some of the clothes that they chose were just laughable due to the trends of the time, you know, since it was early 2000s, most of the clothes just made me sad because the personality of the nominee was just it was totally missing. It was just gone. And in the BuzzFeed article, they featured a top that they selected for a hairstylist. It's important to keep in mind that she was a hairstylist. The top had long, drapey, batwing sleeves. How in the world is she going to be able to cut or color someone's hair without the ends of the sleeves being in her way? So that's one of my biggest complaints about the show is that they really didn't choose clothes that work with the participant's lifestyle or their personality. Another participant featured in the BuzzFeed article had a very clear sense of style already, like in one of her before, quote unquote, before looks. She was wearing this red and black lace slip dress. She had espadrilles that tied up to her knee and a tie choker necklace. Like everything about her outfit just says, I feel good when I feel sexy. I love feminine details and I'm probably a little kinky. And what did they pick out for her? A green printed A-line dress with a gray jacket. I don't care if she's hosting a PTA meeting in a church. This outfit has no business being in her closet. That outfit was really a representation of the show trying to strip away her personality. And this is something that What Not To Wear really did again and again. And by watching the show, we were all in agreement that in order to dress professionally, it meant that the real rules we should be following are don't be too much and when in doubt, turn it down. Obviously, I disagree. (laughs) If this is the first episode of mine that you're listening to, (laughs) this is a common thread, a common trend, if you will, of my episodes is that I really don't support the idea of turning down your own volume. So in order to be successful in transforming and growing, the process has to be gradual. And the participant has to be ready to do it when it comes to meetover shows, or when it comes to really transforming your style in general, the majority of the time, the participants were blindsided in what not to wear. They were so clearly, they were far from ready. Baby steps are really crucial with growth. When a transformation is too severe, it's almost impossible to maintain. We know this about weight loss or any lifestyle change, really. But the bigger the transformation, the more entertaining it is. With these kind of shows, you know, we do love a dramatic reveal. I'm sorry to say, you know, whether it's, you know, a home transformation or a person's own transformation, like we are a sucker for a dramatic reveal. So still talking about makeover shows, let's switch gears to talk about Queer Eye, the new one. The new Queer Eye is significantly better than most other makeover shows. So a quick summary of the new Queer Eye, if you are unfamiliar, there's a team of five who all have a different skill that they use to help improve the participants' quality of life and appearance. Unlike What Not to Wear, Queer Eye contestants know they're going to be on the show ahead of time. So no traumatic ambushing on the show. So they are typically still nominated by someone in their life, but the participant knows prior to filming that they will be on the show. They have to have an agreement. They have to say, yes, this is what I want to do. I'm okay with this. So there's no, again, no traumatic ambush. Similar to What Not to Wear, the participants receive a transformation with their physical appearance, but they also get lessons in cooking and food prep. Their home receives a makeover, and they do emotional work and repair throughout the entire process. Is the show entertaining? Of course it is. Do you laugh and cry while watching? Um, yes. If you have a soul, absolutely. (laughs) But I don't know who needs to hear this, but. You don't need to do a complete 180 in order to elevate your style. And this is something that occasionally does get reflected in Queer Eye, specifically very early on in season one. So Tom from Queer Eye season one, I think episode one, if I'm not mistaken, is one of my favorites to look back on because it's a great example of meeting someone where they're at instead of forcing 10 dramatic new changes on them all at once. You know, they kept his beard. They didn't make him ditch his glasses, you know, and they added new pieces to his wardrobe that he would easily be able to implement on his own. Tom's transformation is one that represented his lifestyle and personality, and it will be easy or would be easy for him to maintain after the show ended. And that part is so key. You know, it goes to show that even the slightest updates to your personal style can have a huge impact on your overall transformation, and most importantly, the way you feel about yourself. Also, real quick side note, this episode is also a good reminder that the way you talk about yourself matters. And no, it doesn't matter if you're joking. If you say it enough times, your brain starts to believe it to be true. In Tom's episode, he would jokingly put himself down. And I'm putting jokingly in air quotes, because whether you're joking or not, putting yourself down is putting yourself down. You're still being mean to yourself, your mind and your body internalize it, and it's not good for you. A lot of us have the tendency to put ourselves down as a defense mechanism. I used to do it all the time as an attempt to make someone laugh. And it wasn't until my husband, Tony, repeatedly would tell me how he didn't like it when I talked about myself like that because he loves me and the things I was saying weren't true. Now, he's amazing. But the reason that I'm telling you this is because sometimes it takes someone who loves us to show us just how unkind we're being to ourselves. So if you're not at a place where you can stop saying shitty things about you for you, think of someone in your life who loves you and would be sad to hear what you're saying. So make sure the words you're saying to yourself, even if it's just in your head, are kind. So the other key points that I'd like to share about why makeover shows are so problematic, especially from the perspective of a stylist like myself, who values the entire transformation of a person, not just the outside, is that there is never enough time for the stylists on these shows to authentically get to know the participants, which is essential to creating a new style or wardrobe that's personal to them the transformations are performative. You know, like I mentioned earlier, and I get that. We all love the drama. However, my real problem is that these changes are often so big that they're not easily maintainable after the show is over. And isn't that the whole point? Like, aren't they doing these makeovers to change lives? You know, how often when you Google some of these former participants, you know, maybe not so much in Queer Eye, but what not to wear, you know, sometimes they would do an update on the participants at the end of the episode, and especially some of the more challenging participants who they really forced into a big change. And a lot of the times they went back to their old style because there was part of them that wasn't ready to let go of that past self and they were being forced too far in the opposite direction. So if you instead take these smaller gradual changes, you'll be able to maintain them at such an easier rate. So what would I do differently? Let me tell you. So when we work together, It's way, way more than just finding new clothes. We go emotionally deep to work through and heal your relationship with your body and any life changes you're experiencing. You know, we focus on small ways to step outside of your comfort zone and easy style changes that you can effortlessly implement into your day-to-day life. So it all comes back to being ready for the change, for doing the work that has to be looked at, you know, what parts of your past self are you ready to let go? And what parts of your past self are continuing to support you in this journey to becoming a new person, or to becoming not necessarily a new person, but, you know, just a more authentically aligned version of you. And how can you start to like take those steps beyond your comfort zone? What can that look like? And how can it feel safe to do it? So remember that transformations don't have to be big in order to work. When change is easy, you're way more likely to integrate little things into your lifestyle. And little by little, you'll see even bigger transformation over time. Before you know it, You'll have a new, incredible sense of style that feels like you and all those little changes that we worked on together become habits that you don't even have to think about. And it's that easy. You just have to take that leap. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks for taking the time to listen. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts.